0: This podcast is sponsored by the Copywriter Underground.
1: It's our new membership designed for you to help you attract more clients and hit 10K a month consistently.
0: For more information or to sign up, go to the thecopywriterunderground.com
1: if you could hang out with seriously talented copywriters and other experts, ask them about their successes and failures, their work processes, and their habits, then steal an idea or two to inspire your own work? That's what Rob and I do every week at the Copywriter Club podcast.
0: You're invited to join the club for episode 138 as we chat with the co-founders of Content Bistro, Perna and Mayank Malik, about what's changed in their business in the last year, the key to producing a profitable package, the image framework, how they continue to attract big-name clients, and their upcoming program, Profits on Tap.
1: Welcome, Prerna and Mayank. Hey, guys. Hi. Thanks so much for having us.
2: Hi. Thank you so much for having us.
1: We're excited to have you both here this time, and I you are here for episode 74, um, but now we have Mayank too, so uh, this is uh, really exciting for both of us, and you've been member of our think tank for the past year, um, and I know we want to dig into that and also some of the projects you're working on. Um, because you're going really deep into productized services and packaging. So there's a lot to talk about and a lot that's changed in your life and business since episode 74. Uh, So why don't you kick this off, Prerna, and just let us know, um, what are some of the changes that have taken place since you, you last visited the podcast?
3: Oh, yeah. So uh, I think uh, the last time we spoke, I shared our 2018 goals. And this was, I think, probably before I joined the think tank. And in fact, one of the reasons I joined the think tank as well was because we wanted to make um, we, you know, had a 200K year. We were really happy and we wanted to go to about 250K Um in 2018, using a three-pronged approach that included our copywriting services, um, affiliate promotions, and our own programs. Um, so, to give you an update about that, we didn't meet our 250k goal, but we did make 230k, which isn't too bad either. Yeah, and say that's. I see that's pretty
2: good, (laughs) guys. Yeah, yeah. So I I was just going to add that we're really happy with how we made that 230K happen um, because we ended up nurturing our relationships with our audience. We actually decided to scale back heavily on affiliate promotions, which was a big strategy for us when we started in 2018. Um, Since we realized that it was way too much selling uh, for our list and audience, so uh, so we decided to pull back on that. We want to always focus on engagement and value, and this wasn't really aligned with that. Uh, instead, what we did was uh, run a, a free promo, uh, like a 30-day email series that, that focused on pure education and connection building, and that really received a positive response from our audience. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, so that gave us some tips to change direction and give more value and um, and response to our audience. Um, the other thing that we did was, uh, for our own programs, uh, we really refined and uh, fine-tuned the way we packaged and sold our services so it was super scalable, not just for us, but for everyone else. Uh, we tested the frameworks, uh, including Profits on Tap. Um, we tested them out and um, with, with a small group program, in fact, and uh, it worked quite wonderfully.
0: I'm wondering what else was different too because you guys increased your business by well over ten percent and and when the base is you know two hundred k that's a pretty good increase so were you working with uh, different larger clients were you doing different or larger packages were you just doing more work what what did that all look like?
3: yeah so uh, yes, we definitely did work with uh, quite a few um Amazing clients. In this year, we worked with uh, with Pat Flynn. We've uh, we're still working with him. In fact, uh, we worked with Dr. Eric Zielinski on almost ten different Evergreen launch packages. Uh, one of the things that we found that was uh, was different was again the way we were structuring our packages kind of helped us to create a really rinse and repeat kind of a framework. So it became like a a win win. Um, for us, in terms of how we were using our time, because we didn't work as many hours either, and uh, but we did, we ended up working on multiple projects with the same clients. That really helped us use our time properly and um, kind of leverage everything that we had in a in a way more productive and profitable way. So that was that was really different. Um, another thing probably was also that we've we added more uh, a couple more team members. Uh, to take things off our plate, that also freed up our time and helped us to uh, use our use our resources better.
1: Uh, let's dig into that a bit more. Uh, can you talk about who you hired and added to your team? And then I want to talk more about how you refined those packages.
3: Yeah, sure. In fact, mine would be a good person. Why don't you take this one?
2: Yeah, sure. And in fact, before we get into that, uh, the, the other thing we realized was that uh, we we took out all the time that we thought would go into uh, the affiliate marketing bit that we'd uh, planned for 2018, and when that kind of freed up, that gave us more time to do other stuff like more client projects. Yeah. So so that also gave us <clears throat> some more time, and uh, we've been able to work on multiple projects with uh, with the same clients, and we've been able to keep our timelines really tight. Uh, because of the team, like Prena mentioned, which does a wonderful job of supporting us. So um, we have our in-house editor. She does all the editing for us. Uh, One of our VAs does a lot of data mining and research, um, as well as transcriptions. Uh, We've got a graphic designer. Uh, She helps with any visual assets needed um, and and so on.
3: Yeah, these are the big hires that we have, Uh, you know, like um, the the three key team players who make, a huge, huge difference.
1: Okay. And let's talk about refining your packages so they're scalable. Can you give us specific examples of how you did that? Maybe a good example would be be with profits on tap, how you refined them and um, examples of how other copywriters could refine their packages too.
3: So what we realized is that your most important asset is your time, uh, which we feel is like key to a profitable package, and how we refined it when we were like when we launched profits on tap as a small group program last year, and bef- in fact before we launched it, we kind of worked out the things that we were doing, uh, which which is what our the image framework is all about is identifying who it is that we want to work with, um, identifying whether we want to go narrow, wide, or deep when packaging our services. Um, how would you kind of, how would we position ourselves? How would you position yourselves? Forming a general outline. And that's like the, So I'm just gonna quickly walk you through image actually, because that would make more sense when it comes to creating a package and what we did. Um, so, so creating an outline with what it is you wanna do with, uh, with your package. So who you wanna serve? Do you wanna go narrow, wide or deep with your package? Um, and how would you position yourself? Create a general outline. Um, the second part that we've really worked on, and which is also very huge for us because a lot of times we kind of hesitate to share what we can do um, was the mindset piece. Um, I find that, you know, the more I speak with entrepreneurs and and especially copywriters, I find that a lot of us are really deficient in vitamin C, which I call the, I think, I don't know who referred to it as uh, the confidence thing, vitamin C or confidence. I feel a lot of us kind of, you know, lack that we let, you know, our own inner gremlins take over our internal self-talk track. So mindset for us was pretty big and it's like a threefold thing that we look at and we evaluated it for our own selves uh, when we were looking at our packages is, you know, how do we want to position ourselves? What is it that we bring to the table? Why is this like such a great deal for the clients? When you know all of this, it kind of really bumps up your confidence. So um, it's, and it becomes much easier for you to pivot towards profitability. A is the audience aspect uh, in image. So again, this is where we dive really deep into uh, the, you know, when you first identified who you want to work with, but now you want to look at where would you find them? How would you stand out? How would you get to know uh, uh, what it is that they really need? And how are you going to, you know, get them to to buy what it is that you have? Then the G is getting clear, which is which is key which is like a huge part when it comes to your positioning and your pricing you need to be you know really really radically clear on how you'll position your package so you can stand out from the crowd and also again um, expert status so uh, plus it you know you really need to be clear about pricing as well once you're clear about that it becomes so much easier for you to sell your package for you to talk about what it is that you offer whether it's in your sales copy or in your social media updates etc which brings us to engage which is the e part and the fun part where because you need to engage both your audience and your you know uh, copy assets to launch and share your packages in a way that's really easy for you to do um easier for clients to buy and easiest for you to, you know, deliver. So that knowing all of this, keeping all of this together is what really helped us put a profitable package together.
0: I I really like this framework. Um, Maybe you could share with us how you use it. Like how do you present this to your clients? Uh, You know, do you share it on your website and what's the reaction that you get as you walk people through your framework?
3: So this particular framework, uh, Rob, we use it with our Profits on Tap clients. We walk them through this, and we actually dive deeper into each element. So when we are when helping them create their packages, which is what we did when we ran Profits on Tap last year, is we worked on each element of the framework uh, to help them create. So when it comes to identification, so there are like multiple steps that we go through to help you, you know, uh, decide whether you want to go narrow, wide or deep uh, with your services, Uh, look at, you know, again, say audience, for instance. So where are you going to find them? How are you going to stand out? We look at all the different, you know, we walk them through all the different steps. So that's pretty much how we talk about it, Um, because this is not our copywriting framework is different. And this one is purely for um, creating packages.
0: Okay, cool. So maybe you could share an example of what like somebody might be working on as they go through the framework and what the result is at the end. Is that uh, something that you can do?
3: Okay, so for instance, where we used this to, when we were putting together Profits on Tap, and it's, you know, um, both the group coaching uh, model and the the incubator version, which will be uh, opening up uh, in June, we... We looked at, we got really, really clear and identified who it is that we want to offer this to, which was, you know, service providers who want to scale, but they don't want to do it at the cost of their sanity. They don't really have a huge email list or, you know, a lot of Facebook ad budget. They're probably considering launching a course, but uh, they're not really sure if that's the way to go. So just getting really specific on that, we decided to go narrow with this and talk only about packages instead of going like the whole hog and showing them how to set up a very profitable service-based business covering all different ground because we wanted to really drill down on how they can have like a profitable package so in the identify stage, we went narrow. We looked. We just got a general outline of what we who's the audience going to be. From the mindset point of view, we looked at why why we're the best qualified to teach this is because we've had huge success with packages that are about fifteen thousand um, dollars selling those, and uh, anywhere from you know like we've got packages which are about uh, I think good for you, better for business was I think three thousand four hundred dollars. Yeah, so that kind of sells automatically. We looked at all of those. Uh, we, we knew we have credibility when it comes to teaching people that, so that really helped with the mindset part, because again, uh, even though we've been in business for eight eight years now, you know, we always tend to feel, should we really be teaching this? Would, are we the best people? And, and that helped us kind of get clear, um, for audience, we worked really deep on who do, who we, you know, how are we going to stand out in front of them? What is it that we're going to share? How are we going to reach them and, um, put a strategy together for that, um, for pricing and positioning, uh, so Mayank has these um, things that he does, which he things I'm saying, like, but yeah, he's got these checks <laughs> and uh, exercises that he does for pricing that really helped us arrive at uh, how should we price this. Um, do you want to talk about the pricing? Yeah.
2: And I think before we get into that, uh, another example, um, really at the client side, that we utilize this framework to create uh, a productized service. Uh, was fully loaded launch. Yeah. So we uh, we realized that uh, the clients uh, sometimes don't even know uh, certain elements that they need for their launch. So maybe they know that they need emails, they need a sales page, uh, a landing page. Uh, but we came up with an offering where they also got social media updates, they got uh, blog posts to to push the content and and a few other uh, things that we found from our research, so, uh, so that was an example where we went deep with with the services that we were offering, and uh, uh, when when we launched at about, I think initially we launched at about ten thousand yeah. or twelve thousand. Yeah. Uh, later, it was at fifteen thousand, and we didn't really see any friction. Uh, yeah. People were happy uh, buying it, and they thought it was like a one stop solution yeah. uh, for for their launch assets.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So. That, that helps and of course in engaging or launching becomes so much easier because you know exactly what it is that you're offering and we've tested like four different launch models um, over the years uh, which is what we'll be you know sharing in profits on tap where um, so and I like calling them lazy launches because they're so easy you they don't feel like a regular digital course launch so um, so things like you know a social media only launch and or an email launch or an evergreen launch or an urgency driven launch. So these becomes like, these become really easy to do once you've got all of the above, like once you've identified, once you have the right mindset, once you have, once you know your audience and once you're really clear on your pricing and positioning, um, then yeah. uh, Launching is, is very simple.
1: Can you share a little bit more about why this packaging is so important, especially for a copywriter who may be not thinking about launching a program yet? They just want to sell their services to clients and get better clients and get paid more. Why are you so passionate about packaging and and productizing services? And why should these copywriters pay attention to it?
3: Oh my gosh! I yeah, uh, passionate is the right word to talk about it. I, I yeah, I feel so strongly about packages. Both of us, in fact, because uh, we found that the easiest way to scale, honestly, like you know, it's we work uh, we work until like two thirty three in the afternoon. Uh, we have really great work life balance, um, and we you know like like you said, we've been able to scale with a service based business, um, so it's very stress free it's really easy to do and you can do it you know even if you don't have a website or an email list which is what we did when we started out you know we uh, with uh, we pivoted into copywriting but before that like in fact i think i talked about this on our when we chatted last is that we used to do blogging and social media and we didn't have an audience or we didn't have an email list and we don't even live in the us so um, it's it really helps you position yourself as an expert even when you're starting out, because when you package your services like the smart way, the right way, clients can see, and they, that you know what you're talking about, so that really, really helps.
2: And I think uh, also we we uh, we've seen uh, it. It kind of brings in a lot of other benefits, um, like if you if you want immediate infusion of cash. Uh, we've, mm. we've done specials for productized services, um, which, which helps you sell a few spots. And suddenly you've got like $20,000, $30,000 coming in that month. Mm-hmm. So um, it kind of does what what a product could do for you uh, or a e course could do for you. But if you don't have that, then uh, this does the job. Um, also, we, uh, we are very passionate about it because we feel it's a win-win for both uh, us and the client. Uh, because at our end, we don't really have to spend a ton of time on different pieces of research uh, data, and obviously finding new clients constantly. And at the client end, they get like a one-stop solution for their project needs uh, without being tied into like a retainer arrangement. So,
0: so these are some of the reasons why we feel that packages work really well. And as you guys talk about this, you know, obviously you've done a lot of packages. You've helped people with packages, but I'm curious. You know, as you as you talk about how to do it right, what are some of the mistakes that you see? You know, people are making with packages. What are we doing wrong when we set up our packages uh, that are that's holding us back? I think one of the biggest mistakes uh, would be to do with
2: pricing. Uh, pricing too low or pricing too high. Uh, we've seen uh, they are both really big pitfalls when you're packaging your services. Um, What we found and tested over the years is what we call price calibration and price positioning, uh, which we obviously dive deep into in Profits on Tap. Um, So both price calibration and price positioning uh, has helped us avoid these two extremes and uh, price in a way that is profitable for us and uh, value-based for the client. Um, For example, in our price calibration exercise, uh, one of the things we do is we review whether the price is uh, calibrated against market norms, uh, the customer's capacity to pay. Uh, In price positioning, uh, we look at a lot of things. Um, One or two of them would be uh, whether you're choosing to price aggressively or are you going to go for a premium pricing approach? Um, For the record, both are great, and it all depends on what your eventual goal with the package is. Do You want to reach more people, uh, maybe consider pricing aggressively, uh, but without discounting your skills and expertise. Um, If you want to serve a select group, uh, but not impact your revenue, maybe pricing premium is the way to go.
3: Yeah, the other big mistakes we see with packages are including random or like way too many elements that don't tie well together. Um, For instance, if you have an email sequence copywriting package, right, and you're including, say, a seven email welcome sequence and a nine email sales sequence. So on the surface, it looks like a good email copywriting package, but Actually, it leaves you with two different research data dumps to dig through. And, and the client, um, on the other hand, is like basically has two email sequences that he or she may not be able to run uh, if they don't have the other parts and pieces in place. And that is why the image framework comes into play, because if you were to offer, say, a welcome email sequence package that included, say, three to five, you would go kind of deep into that, uh, include three to five opt-in ideas, um, an opt-in page for one of those ideas after you've kind of, uh, you know, the client gives to go ahead, a thank you page to further drive connection and micro conversions, like say maybe joining your Facebook group or, um, you know, sharing it with um, with their friends and then a seven email sequence. So now you've used like a single body of research to put all of this together and the client gets one big piece of his sales funnel or sales process done as well. So this is like another you know, like a really common mistake we see is like people put packages together, which like different bits and pieces. Other mistakes include offering it to an audience that doesn't really need it, which is why you need to get really clear about who you're, your audience and also, you know, both either launching it too late or <laughs> launching it too early. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I want to hear more about all of this. Let's dig into the part about, um, not necessarily giving the client what they need in the package like you just shared I feel like that makes complete sense but um, if I'm stuck I might not know what they need so how do you figure out what they need in that package um, so that you don't end up giving them these two different sequences that don't make sense and give them everything they need
3: yeah so uh, uh, we you know what one of the things that we do is of course, and as copywriters, I think this comes naturally to us is do like a lot of market research and also a lot of analysis of what people are actually hiring you to do. Um, very often we find the answers are often in the services that we end up selling already. And if you look, there are like patterns to it. So that's pretty much how we came up with Fully Loaded Launch is because we realized that people would end up, you know, would initially come to us for for say a a sales page and an email sequence, but then they would later on add these bits and pieces that they would need. And then, you know, it just kind of, you know, it's like this light bulb moment where you go, okay, but why don't I just offer it all together to them? And if people can afford it, then why not? And it makes my life easier. Um, so I can price it aggressively, uh, because I am not, you know, I can easily work with on one, one client package, uh, use just one body of research, do it just once and have like, you know, six different assets to give to the client. So, um, Doing your market research, that's why, you know, knowing your audience is super, super important. Um, who is it that you want to serve? What is the value that they'll walk away with? Um, that, I feel, is, uh, is key when it comes to um, knowing what it is that you will be offering. And that's kind of why we also talk about it right at the beginning when we look at the identify stage is Not just your own services, but also who is it that you're going to offer it to? And does it actually make logical sense to do that?
1: Hey, we're just jumping into the show today to tell you a little bit more about the copywriter underground. Rob, what do you like best about this membership?
0: So this membership community is full of copywriters that are investing in their businesses and taking what they do seriously. Everything is focused around three ideas, copywriting and getting better at the craft that we all do, marketing and getting in front of the right customers so that you can charge more and earn more, and also mindset so that you can get out of your head and focus on the things that will help you be successful at what we do. There's a private Facebook group for the members of the community, and we also send out a monthly newsletter that's full of advice, again, on those three areas, copywriting, marketing, and mindset. Things that you can mark up and you know tear out, put them in your files, save them for whatever, and it's not going to get lost in your email inbox. Carol, what do you like about the Copywriter Underground?
1: So I, I love the monthly hot seat calls where our members have a chance to sit in the hot seat and ask a big question or get ideas or talk through a challenge in their business because we all learn from those, those situations. And then I also feel like the templates we include in the membership are valuable because who wants to reinvent the wheel? And Rob and I end up sharing a lot of the templates and resources we use in our own businesses. So I would definitely want to grab those.
0: So if you are interested in joining a community of copywriters that are investing in their business and in themselves and trying to do more, get more clients, earn more money consistently, go to thecopywriterunderground.com to learn more. Now back to the program. So you guys have talked a lot about Profits on Tap. You've mentioned Fully Loaded Launch. You, you, obviously, you have several different packages that you use in your own business. And I wonder if maybe we can take a step back and talk about how you came up with the ideas to develop them, you know, why, why you offer several different packages and how they all fit together in your business.
3: Oh yeah, sure. So we can start like right at the very beginning when we used to do social media and blogging. One of our most successful packages, packages that clients like Bushra Azar also hired us for, were uh, was called Grab and Go. Yeah. Um, it was a, <laughs> it was literally a grab and go package of social media mm-hmm. updates uh, created for for clients. And we, the reason again, the reason we started offering it is because we used to do a lot of social media management for clients, and we realized that a lot of our clients. Uh, a sometimes didn't need us to do full scale management, like Bushra didn't need us to do full scale management. But they needed us for, but they they really loved the content that we were creating, and they wanted a way for you know to hire us. So uh, going through our going through the services that we were already doing, and going through some of the you know um, prospect and client inquiries that we were getting, and looking at the patterns that what people were hiring us for helped us to come up with something like grab and go, where I think they would get sixty social media updates. Mm-hmm. Um, each focusing on a different marketing aspect like so i think there were four probably i don't remember it was a really long time ago so that was one of the first packages where we would offer that would cover them for so if they would post twice uh a week twice no i think 60 updates would cover them for about a month that was the yeah, thing yeah, yeah.
2: if you posted twice a day five times a week
3: five times a week yeah so you, it was like it was such a no-brainer just to just sell literally off the site all the time. So that was one of the earliest packages. Then we came up with a business blog package uh, where people would get four blog posts with, um, you know, meta titles, meta descriptions, images to go with those blog posts, and a couple of social media updates to share those blog posts. Again, super easy to do because we realized that people, you know, clients would come to us and when sometimes, you know, A, they would hire us for one post or two posts, which literally makes no sense for for us as uh, writers to, you know, focus on and work on because you, you'll be doing that of research and understanding the client's voice. And if it's just for a couple of blog posts, it just doesn't make sense. But they didn't want a retainer um, uh, arrangement. So that package kind of made more sense.
2: And, and also, Rob, with packages, we realized that uh, for pretty much the same amount of work, since we were uh, templatizing certain elements, it was taking us less time. So that kind of pushed us into doing more and more packages um, at the client end. They were still getting the solutions they wanted, but for us, it was uh, less time invested and obviously we could do more.
0: Yeah, I, I love this because so many copywriters you know, do project by project and they're reinventing the wheel every time and you guys just have such a unique approach. Maybe it's not unique, but it's definitely different from what we see a lot of copywriters doing. And so I just, I'm really intrigued by this whole approach.
1: I want to hear more about price calibration and price positioning, because we all know that most of the questions we see in Facebook groups and conversations online are about pricing. And so you mentioned it already a little bit, but can you give examples, maybe one of your packages or um, yeah, probably one of your packages and how you thought through the price calibration and price positioning uh, with some specific examples?
2: Um, so, so there are actually quite a few elements that that we look at um, um, in price calibration and price positioning, uh, but probably the most important factor that we look at is the internal Ali rate alignment. So, so we always discuss what's the internal Ali rate that we're going to make uh, for this particular. Um, productized service, or, or even for projects. So um, so typically how it works is we review all the aspects of the package. Uh, this would include any prep work, um, like research, calls, etc. Uh, the actual delivery of the package. So that would include say writing, editing, or if you have to get a designer to do some pieces, post delivery, uh, so you've got your debrief calls uh, or a walkthrough for a copy presentation, and then we uh, add another 10% in, in the estimations that we have uh, for the time we'd need for that particular project. So if, if we feel it's all these elements would take, say, about 12 to 13 hours, so we'd add another couple of hours and uh, see uh, what is the minimum hourly rate that we want to make and uh, look at pricing accordingly. Uh, once we've done that, we look to calibrate as to uh, what is the competition doing, uh, if if there are any other services available. We also then look at the uh, value that the client actually sees uh, from the package itself. Um, so, for instance, a uh, fully lot, uh, loaded launch copy package uh, uh, for which the clients pay anywhere upwards of uh, $15,000, Uh, depending on what they choose, uh, what elements they take. Um, The value is huge at the client's end, uh, since it takes every launch copy asset they would need off their plate entirely. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's tied directly to their sales. uh, So the ROI is visible right from the start. On the same note, a welcome email sequence package uh, that focuses on, uh, say, engagement rather than sales directly would need to be priced, keeping in mind those goals uh, that the uh, that the client has. What what would it accomplish it for them, and uh, then use to position that package accordingly.
0: So let's say that I'm a new copywriter and I'm really intrigued by the idea of packages, but maybe I don't have the background to, you know, do all of the math or I'm not exactly sure uh, who I'm serving. Where would I even start with this? You know, I, I guess I could go through you know the image framework and try to figure this out, but are, are there like some small steps that I can take just to get my feet wet and figure out how to do this properly?
2: So I think the most critical thing is that, um, one should be able to predict the amount of time uh, that one's going to take for different activities. So you should have a fair idea that how much time would you need for research, say, if you were to write a five to seven email sequence, Um, how much time uh, does it actually take for you to write those? Um, Do you normally uh, uh, have revisions uh, uh, which which are done, uh, say, in the first go, or does it need two rounds of revision so once, once you can predict accurately how much time uh, all the elements uh, will take, then I think you have a fair idea of how much time it will go into uh, selling that, that package.
1: Okay, so if I have a package, maybe it's not a great package, but I have a package and I'm looking at it and I want to make it more profitable, what would be the first thing that you do to increase the profit with the package?
3: So this is something that I think we will be doing a lot of in profits and tabs. So you could start by joining us there. Shameless plug. But um, but honestly, what we would look at would would be kind of reviewing whether you're looking at the right audience, whether you're pricing uh, and positioning the package the right way, and how is it that you're actually launching that package how is it that you're really talking about it how is it that you're you know getting the word out there um, a lot of times I find that you know people end up using platforms to talk to clients who aren't really on that platform so that's you know exactly why you'd need to kind of go back to identifying who it is that you want to talk to and where is it that you're gonna find them so um, say you have a package so I would want to look at then after i don't know don't know all of this i also want to look at what are the exact um elements of that package because uh and are you running and presenting the package um the way you should for optimal profitability. A um, couple of things we see people, you know, uh, especially service providers, and since this is this is for service providers, we see service providers do is not have solid boundaries. So they, they do have packages, but they don't have boundaries in, in place, which leads to a lot of scope creep. Um, client ends up saying, okay, since I have this package, could you also do this for me and that? And they go, okay, yeah. But You cannot do that. You need to kind of set clear expectations. So is your package outlined perfectly? Does it spell out exactly what they'll get? Is it like one call or is it two calls or is it like unlimited access? What is it that you're giving them when you say, uh, we'll have a discovery call before we start? Um, Do they really understand that? What does your onboarding process look like once they've bought that package? Uh, So it's super important. How do you run your packages? Um, How do you position them? Is, Is everything Outlined clearly because that I feel is one reason why even though service uh, businesses have packages, sometimes they struggle to sell them, and uh, even when they sell them, they don't feel like it's a win for them because they end up doing so much. Um, And like mine said, if you don't know the time that you'll be spending on that package, it's yeah, you'll probably end up spending way too much time and getting paid way too little.
1: Okay, you mentioned launching in there, and I know you cover launching in Profits on Tap can you share how you approach launching um because this is where you know a lot of us kind of fall down launching isn't easy um so how do you approach it and think about launching
3: that's like another favorite thing because i feel a lot of us hold back on launching with service packages uh, we do a few social media updates and we feel uh people should you know scramble and buy but there's actually uh, more thought that goes into it it is still really really easy and effortless and that is why i think of them as lazy launches and it's one of the th- <laughs> it's one of it's like probably the reason we've been able to scale and have consistent uh, 200k plus years is because um you know because of these packages because it's so easy to launch them so one of our launches like a social media only launch now when you're doing a social media only launch it's great uh if for you if you don't have a a big email list, but you do have a reasonably engaged presence on at least one or maybe two social media platforms, uh, that you, you know, people kind of know you and connect with you over there. So if you do like, a, uh, this is something, uh, we've tested several times. We've got like a good presence on Facebook and we've been using Facebook a lot, but I've seen, um, others in our profits and tap group use Instagram for this. So, um, it could work anywhere depending on where your audience is. So for a social media launch, it, yeah, again, like I said, I often see people do like a couple of updates and then expect the service to sell out. It doesn't work like that. You need to start priming your audience. It's the same launch principles. You need to prime your audience and get them ready for that. You need to share why you are the best person for this particular package, and then you need to let them know why they really need that package in their life. So it's like a three-phase process, but you don't really need a ton of updates. I think... Uh, I. And um, I'll be sharing all my swipe files as well in in, uh, Profit Center, but uh, off the top of my head for good for you, better for business, which was a marketing package that we we actually ended up uh, selling out and we ended up selling an extra spot in it. Um, And that was like a $3,000 package was a social, was a social media plus email launch actually. But we had, I think eight or maybe 10 updates. So you don't really need, a ton of social media updates, but they need to be very thoughtfully crafted and which is where your knowledge of your audience comes into play. And of course, uh, clarity about your offer as well. So, uh, so that's a social media, uh, launch where you leverage like a, a platform that you're comfortable with, uh, and that you have reasonable engagement on, on and it works well if you don't have an email list. Um, if you do have an email list, you could use like a combination of an email and social media thing, which we did for um, which we did for good for you, better for business. Um, so, again, uh, I think I wrote two emails, no, maybe three emails, but we ended up selling out before I sent out the third email. So, so that was a good thing. But I would recommend having at least three, maybe four emails, depending, again, on how engaged your email list is. And also the price point of the offer, like uh, because this was like a 3K offer, it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't, a, you know, like a huge investment, like probably, say, fully loaded launch was. Um, or The third kind of launch that we talk about is an evergreen launch, which is my favorite, where your packages sell on autopilot because you set it up in a way where um, people opt in to your email sequence. Then they go through that and then you sell it, sell your package to them at the end of it. Um, we currently will be uh, testing this out, in fact, with this um batch of uh, profits on tap. We'll be like live testing our own evergreen launch for artisanal, uh, which is our VIP day package. Um, So this should be, uh, we've done it earlier for other packages, but we want to see how this works for, um, for, for artisanal. Yeah.
0: So are there any uh, deliverables or maybe niches or even clients that packages will not work for?
3: Oh, you know, I did a lot of research. I actually put together a post on our site where I talk about like 20 plus different pro- package ideas. And I found packages in pretty much every niche, including niches as
1: <laughs> as boring as accounting and bookkeeping. <laughs> so I would say pack- hey, we have accountants that are listening to the show. I have been emailed by accountants who listen, so I've stopped criticizing them. <laughs> we love accountants
3: but yeah no really um they work for pretty much every niche if done right you could have packages in pretty much you know I, yeah i've seen them work really well they obviously work well for niches like you know like copywriters graphic designers virtual assistants are you know uh, but coaches as well um i feel you know really benefit from um uh, from packages however um Is there a niche that we haven't seen this work from? Mm, Not Uh,
2: not really. really. No. No. No.
1: Okay. So let's talk about, I mean, we've been talking about Profits on Tap, your program that's launching like now or next week. Um, So talk more about that. What's included? Um, What did you learn from the last one? Because you've already launched it and this is the second launch. Just tell us more about this program and what we can expect if we jump into the program.
3: Okay, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, we're really, really excited about this because we've kind of structured it um, uh, like an eight week. It's actually like an eight week incubator where you come with uh, an idea that you want a package and then you leave after launching. You actually end up launching your package. So it's an eight week thing for service businesses who want to pivot to profitability uh, without the stress of either launching a course or the hustle of kind of, you know, constantly finding your ideal clients or just working nonstop people who want good work-life balance and people who want uh, to make that move to being a profitable service business. Um, Yeah. It's for them. We're sharing all our frameworks. The image framework is the foundation where we're walking them through all the frameworks and the, you know, like different formulas and strategies that we have that we've tested over the years for packaging and productizing our services um, to So they can make like, you know, so making steady 20K months is an easy reality because it's really selling like four packages at 5K a pop. So um, it's totally doable. It's totally doable. We've, you know, like uh, not just the image framework. We share like um, we share the defined framework for uh, really creating um, your drilling deep into who your audience is, drilling deep into your offer. So we've tested these frameworks out over the last few years with all the different packages we have. And um, yeah, we just can't wait to share it with other service businesses who want to grow their impact um, and their revenues, even if they have no email list and no Facebook ad budget.
2: Also, because uh, we're opening up the incubator for the first time uh, to a bigger group, uh, we're really excited about offering one-on-one access uh, to us We are Voxer and calls for the first uh, 10 people to join us. And uh, because we're huge in execution and implementation, uh, we have course completion bonuses, mm-hmm. uh, like a newsletter spotlight, uh, where we'll share uh, your package with our list, and we'll get your launch copy assets edited by our in-house editor. Um, also, we thought of uh, uh, something called as the cash coffee plus co-working sessions so yeah. <laughs> uh, so we thought we'd probably have about four of them uh, during the incubator to help uh, everyone who who wants to take action on creating their packages so it it will be like a co-working yeah. day of sorts uh, yeah. which helps with with better execution
1: okay so um we have a couple other questions unrelated to Profits on Tap. But before we move on, if someone listening is interested and wants to learn more, where should they go?
3: Yeah. So we are opening up, um, uh, like you said, like on June 18th and folks can find us at content. They can sign up like, for the free masterclass at contentbistro.com slash profits on tap masterclass. So yeah. that's going to walk them through package creation must do. So even if they don't end up signing up, they'll walk away with exactly what they need to do and knowing what they could do to create like a profitable package,
1: having an idea of that.
0: And we'll link to that in the show notes. If anybody wants to, you know, find a, a, a quick link and, and learn more about the program.
1: Yeah. And uh, Rob and I are not affiliates. Um, but we, I mean, we strongly back this this program because we know the power of packaging and uh, we know that you are uh, two of the best people to learn from. So even as we're chatting, I'm texting Rob. I was like, "This sounds so great. I need to jump in there um, because you can always learn and improve your packages." And I, so we believe in it. Um, just veering off from profits on tap, I want to ask both of you about your schedule because you know I've known you for a while, and and you talk openly about work-life balance and how important that is to you, and wrapping your day at two thirty. And it sounds dreamy, and I know you do it, and I believe you, but I feel like for people who don't know you, it might sound like it's just so far-fetched. Can you both walk us through your typical day? I mean, if there is a typical day, like how are you spending your time and still able to produce so many great programs and client work?
3: Yeah, sure. So I'll go first, and then Mike can talk about his uh, day. So yeah. Um, I used to start my day really early at 4.30. Uh, now it's more like um, 5.30. Uh, so 5.30 to 6.30 is um, like my one hour of fun writing work it could be anything like it I realized I need that fun writing slot just to kind of keep my creativity and motivation levels up and when I get that done I feel the rest of my day goes really smoothly so I don't even think of this because there's no real business work happening it's it could be like a fun post that I write it could be a fun so it could be just you know like engaging in social media groups that I want to do like writing posts in different social media groups so it's not so that's like my fun time um and my fun writing time. Um, Then we start our day at 9.30, uh, because from 6.30, uh, we wake her daughter up. The whole morning routine thing, we go to drop her um, at her uh, school bus stop at 7.15. Then we go for our walk, which is around 30 to 40 minutes. We come back, have breakfast, Shower, get ready. By the time we like, yeah, uh, sit down to work. It's nine thirty. Um, so from nine thirty till uh, two thirty, how do I divide? It depends. I have. I tend to do theme days. So, uh, and I think I spoke about this uh, the last time as well. So theme days really haven't changed much for us. So two days, three days are for client work, or sometimes two and a half days are for client work, depending on how many projects. Um, and. Uh, the other two days of the week are um, for marketing and learning uh, and learning. Also, it kind of depends uh, like if we have a course that we're going through or if we've got learning material, then yes, but otherwise it's marketing. Um, so yeah, that's how I divide my work. We take a lunch break at one fifteen, sometimes one thirty. It's not really, um, and it's not really a long uh, lunch break. It's, um, it's like a shorter one. I like working without a lot of breaks. I that's my type A personality in play. I enjoy sitting down and then focusing and working. I do probably take a short five ten minute breaks between, um, say, say I finished a sales page. I'll take a ten minute break to hop onto Facebook or go to Instagram, watch a few stories. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, honestly, I'm not. I don't do well with with taking like 20, 30 minutes off and then coming back and just, I find it I lose my flow. Um, yeah, and then uh, we wrap up. Uh, after lunch is when we knock off our emails, uh, the ones that our, our VA uh, doesn't answer for us and the ones that we personally wanna respond to usually aren't a lot. Um, we do any kind of admin stuff like setting, uh, scheduling any social media updates that we probably wanna share or things like that. Um and that's that's it um Annie comes home uh, from school around two forty five and we're done <laughs> 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 that's my day in a nutshell um I'll let mine talk about his day
2: um i I normally start slightly later at about six in the morning um early morning is pretty much the same uh, we wake up uh, our daughter manini um Get her ready for school, then uh, drop her at the bus stop. Then we out for our mm. power walk for about thirty to forty minutes. Um, we both start work pretty much at the same time at about nine thirty, uh, but I work uh, diametrically opposite uh, <laughs> in in the way that Predna does. So I would probably work for about sixty minutes and then take like a fifteen to twenty minute break. Uh, maybe just uh, have a quick run down to the grocery store to pick something up. Um, then I'd come back, uh, do another session for about 60, maybe 75 minutes, uh, and then uh, run the laundry. Um, I normally take breaks like every 60 to 75 minutes and uh, we just power through till lunch. Um, lunch times? is really like a 15-minute affair 50, for us yeah. and, and mostly over lunch. It's more like a working lunch. So we are discussing uh, who do we want to email? Uh, sometimes uh, I don't know other other ideas yeah. that we've thought about, and yeah. uh, and post lunch is when we actually knock off those emails. Uh, yeah. m- maybe go in a few groups to interact, and uh, I normally leave home at about two thirty to go and then pick up our daughter from the bus stop. Yeah, and um, we we try and keep our evenings absolutely free, but. Uh, on some occasions, we do log in for about an hour in the evening if we have additional emails.
3: Or if we have like a uh, like an interview like this one or a call, yeah. uh, client calls and or, you know, like our think tank calls. So sometimes, you know, you need like we log in for those, but we really don't count those in our schedule because they're, you know, few and far between. And they're not, you know, like it's not like every day. Uh, it's not like a daily affair. So, yeah.
0: So my last question for you uh, actually is for Mayank. Uh, last time we talked with Purna, I asked her about what it was like to work full-time with her husband. <laughs> Maybe, Perna, you should leave the room because I'm going to ask Mayank the same yeah, thing. Yeah,
1: I was wondering the same what, thing. What is it like to
0: work work full-time <laughs> with your spouse? Hard, easy, good? Is there
1: drama? Is there drama behind the scenes?
0: Oh, oh
2: yes. Uh, absolutely. Is there- <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's drama behind the scenes because – we we've got very different working styles, and um, um, but but I also realize that the strengths that Predna brings to the table, I don't have those strengths. So uh, so we build up a really good synergy, um, and um, and sometimes Predna feels that some of the strengths that I bring to the table uh, help the business. Uh, but yes, I mean sometimes we do have drama because we have <laughs> different we, opinions yeah. on. Um, on, on, Sometimes even how to launch, or yeah. uh, sometimes pricing is a big uh, this thing. Um, but, but more or less, I think we we're extremely happy and blessed yeah. that, that we are working together. And I think the the kind of synergy we build yeah. uh, is is really positive. Yeah. So, um, so.
3: Also, like I think I spoke about this last time. Realizing our personality types has been huge yes. for us in understanding each other better. Um, I sound like a broken record on this but I keep telling people who tell me oh I want to work with my spouse I tell them please take a personality test so you know um know each other better and not I don't mean like the BuzzFeed style personality test but like and I know Myers that's a bad rap but <laughs> we're like big on the Myers-Briggs test so uh, and also the Enneagram the Enneagram has also really, really been really really insightful for us so that's another one that we we really believe in. I want to go back really quickly to, what you know, when you asked us about our routine, I want to share something, especially for people who, who, who are listening and who feel like, oh, like this wrapping up our day at 2.30, A, this wasn't the case with us when we started out. Uh, we've put in our, you know, the hard yards for sure, working till way too late in the night and working, starting work way too early. A uh, couple of things that will help you if you want to like create this kind of like a work-life balance is is getting support at home. So both of us, we've split our chores. Like mine said, you know, he runs the laundry. I don't have anything to do with that. I don't even know how the machine operates. So
0: um, <laughs> I,
3: I just don't. So uh, I don't even go there. He has a system. He works it. Um, so get support for the house. We now have a, a household staff. It sounds really fancy, but uh, it's really people, you know, we have... Um, we have a housekeeper who comes in for a couple of hours every day and we have a, we have a cook who makes, you know, uh, who ensures that we're eating healthy meals. Um, These are things we added on on later when we realized it was, even though it's really easy for us to kind of get support here, but it's just that sometimes, especially with me, I felt I was very resistant to the idea of getting support um, because I wanted to do it all myself. That's, I mean, and. Yeah, that's what Mike says when he says that there's drama because I'm real. I, I I'm a, you know, like, a type A control freak in certain ways, and I thought <laughs> no one else can do this. I, I'm the only one who can do this, and it's it's crazy because I was just laughing and telling him the other day. Uh, Facebook reminded me in 2009, my Facebook update was excited about sweeping, mopping, and doing the utensils. I mean, this was my Facebook update. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so for anybody listening, yes, I know, I know, I feel so, proud. <laughs> I feel very proud about myself, but uh, I know it's a challenge that I feel a lot of us, especially like if you're like an overachiever, which I can see myself, you know, like I have that tendency, get support, get support, whether for your house or your business, again, even for the business, it took us a while, like bringing our editor on board uh, was, yeah, we had like a lot of, uh, "Quote unquote discussions about bringing on the editor because I felt no one else could do this. So, uh, but now that we have her, you know, she it's such such a relief to just send over, you know, my sales copy and emails to her and know that they'll come back really polished that I can then just you know present to the client. So, so yeah, get support if you want work-life balance. Start small. You don't have to make all you know take big steps, but but you need it. Yeah."
2: And I think also uh, try and see what kind of schedule works for you. So yeah, yeah. Um, so wrapping up at about 2.30 every day uh, means that at least a couple of Saturdays, uh, the first half we, we do generally work. Yeah. Uh, sometimes if it's not the both of us, one of us is working. Yeah. So depending
3: on like, again, what what's the need of the hour, it's, at the end of the day, don't let anybody like. This is something we uh, we realized over the Don't let anybody else tell you how to kind of you know create your schedule or run your business. You need to figure out what works best for you, and then kind of take what you learn from them and apply it to your business in your own way. It's, it it works, yeah. Yes.
1: Well, I'm glad you added that. That this you know wasn't a change. You didn't start or end the day at two thirty from day one of your business. So I think that's a really good reminder. Um, so, before we wrap, can we remind everyone one more time where they should go if they want to learn more about Profits on Tap?
3: Sure. So, it's uh, contentbistro.com backslash Profits on Tap Masterclass.
1: Great. Okay. Thank you so much, Prana and Mayank. We are grateful that you both are in the think tank with us and excited for you to launch this program and share it with more people. So uh, thank you for jumping in here today.
2: Thanks, guys.
3: Thank you so much.
2: Thanks so much for having us.